open, we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Uh, it'll take me a minute to get there, because uh, I'm going to show you a few other things. Guys on the screen, who's up there? This Okay, Brother Colby, I got the professional. We had Jake at 830, he did a great job. I'm going to test Brother Colby's verse. How fast can he get it on the screen this morning? We're going to test him out. How many think he's going to do well today? Raise your hand. How many think he's going to be an epic fail from Brother Colby? You got some doubters. There's some doubters. And so we're going to test him in just a minute. Uh, But we're going to look here in 2 Samuel. Uh, Before we we look at this, I do want to ask you very quickly, if you would, pray for our young people this week. Uh, We are taking a group of teenagers over on Thursday and Friday night to Timberline Baptist Church over in Sherwood. They're hosting a teen rally. Usually I have about 300 teens that'll, that'll be at that rally for that, at that church. And I need you to pray for me because I'm one of the speakers. Help me. Please pray for Brother TJ. I feel so bad for our teens. They hear me all. They're sick of hearing me. Uh, they get to hear me again. Uh, but we are excited about going over there. And so just be praying for our young people. Pray for me that God, God will do something special in their, their hearts at that rally. And we're looking forward to that. This morning I'm going to preach to you a message, Big Wins. Or bad losses. Big wins or bad losses. Let's have a word of prayer. We're going to get in the message this morning. Dearly Father, we love you. God in heaven, as I preach your word this morning, I just ask that you would use it. Lord, you know the heart of every person here. You know what each person needs to hear. Holy Spirit, as I preach your word, Lord, you take your word. And that God, you would use it to speak into each and every heart. Lord, we love you. We're glad to be in your house this morning. We're glad that everyone's here. We just ask that you would be with us this morning and show up. And Lord, as your word is preached, that God, you would use this time to help each and every one of us uh, to live for you better this week. God in heaven, we love you and we ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. I want to read you a quick article. And this morning, uh, this article is about the New England Patriots. Where's my New England Patriots fans out there? I have a, more than the 830. I had one 830 service fan. I got more in here. It all began in 2001 when the New England, New England Patriots defeated the St. Louis Rams in Super Bowl 36 at the Superdome in New Orleans. After failing to reach the playoffs in 2002, the team rebounded with back-to-back 14-2 seasons capped by victories in Super Bowl 38 and 39, respectively, three Super Bowls in, I think that's like four or five years The New England Patriots won. Then, something magical happened in 2007. In 2007, the New England Patriots were the first NFL team to ever achieve a perfect 16-0 regular season record. Never had any team won 16 regular season games in NFL history. The Patriots finished the season 16-0 thanks largely to an offense that scored 36 points a game, defeated its first eight opponents by a combined 204 points, and Tom Brady, quarterback, won league MVP after leading the NFL with passing yards and set a single-season record with 50 touchdown passes. Wide receiver Randy Moss that year caught 23 touchdowns, which was also an all-time single-season NFL record. The Patriots then went on to win the AFC playoff matchups against the Jaguars and the Chargers before facing the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. 18-0 New England Patriots. 12-point favorites in the Super Bowl. 
leading in the fourth quarter, but the New England Patriots ultimately lost 17-14. to Won all the games, except for the most important one, the Super Bowl. Tom Brady would later say this, if I could go back, I would trade two of my Super Bowl rings if I could just win that one. One Giants player said, I would take that deal. He's like, give me two, and I'll, I'll give you the one. This summer, here at the church, our men have a church softball league. And I hate to pull these Band-Aids off. There are three softball teams here in our church. And we played the season, and there was one team, the Bomb Squad. Where's the Bomb Squad at? Any representatives? The Bomb Squad. There's a few. God bless them. They had not won a single game the whole season. What's the opposite of undefeated? Defeated? They were feeling very defeated. But because there's only three teams in our softball league, everyone automatically makes the playoffs. What in the world is that? Why is that up there? Who put Brother Colby? Get that out of here. I didn't plan that one. But the last week in the playoffs, wouldn't you know, the bomb squad who hadn't won a single game beats my team. I'm crushed still to this day. We're out. Then they play in the championship game. Having only won one game, the game they just won against us. And wouldn't you know, they won the championship game too. Why are we clapping for that? We started that. In other words, they won. They won the most important games. When it mattered most, jerks, when it mattered most, they showed up. Uh, This morning, I want to look at the life of David. Because here's a man in the Bible who, if you were to think of the epitome of someone who's a winner... It's King David. It's King David. Brother Colby, are you ready to see the skills? I want to read you a couple of verses. 1 Samuel 17, 34. The Bible says this, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant hath kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. Verse 35, And I went out after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard. That's an interesting wording verse, guys. The lion and the bear grabbed him by his beard, and smote him... And slew him, verse 36. The servant slew both the lion and the bear, and his uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Here is David as a young person killing a lion and a bear with his bare hands. How many think that's pretty impressive? Anybody done that recently? Just checking. Zoran, you liar, okay? First Samuel 17, verse 49. The Bible says that David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. Here is young David taking on a giant named Goliath that no one else will fight and David goes in and easily wins this battle. By the way, the first storming of a field ever in history was when the Israelites stormed the field after David won. 
Think about it. It's biblical. <laughs> First Samuel 19, verse 8. Colby. Oh, there we go. Okay. And there was war again. And David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter. And they fled from him. First Samuel 27, verse 8. The Bible says, and David and his men went up and invaded the Geshurites and the Gezrites and the Amalekites, for those nations were of old the inhabitants of the land, as thou goest to Shur, even unto the land of Egypt, verse 9. And David smote the land, and left neither man nor woman alive, and took away the sheep and the oxen and the asses and the camels and the apparel, and returned and came to Achish. Here he is, winning a battle. 1 Samuel 30, verse 17. And David smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men. First Chronicles 11, verse 4. The Bible says, And David and all Israel went up to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were the inhabitants of the land. Verse 5, And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, Thou shalt not come hither. Nevertheless, I like that, Nevertheless, David took the castle of Zion, which is the city of David. Here he is, conquering this city. Next verse, I don't even know what it is, brother. There it is, 2 Samuel 5, 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it. And he went down to the hold. We skip in the chapter to verse 25. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba, all until thou come, I can't even read, until thou come to Gezer. Are you getting the picture this morning? I could go on more verses, Colby's got more. David went to battle after battle after battle after fight after fight. And guess what he did? He won and he won and he won until you get to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Because it's in 2 Samuel chapter 11 where David has the greatest loss of his life. You know the story. It was him and Bathsheba. Of course, here he is in a sinful relationship with a married woman. That married woman conceives a child. And then, of course, David tries to hide it. He tries to cover it up. And there's the whole plot with her husband, Uriah. And eventually he sends Uriah into battle. And he has him killed. Here he is, win, 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 victory after victory after victory. And then one of the greatest losses one of the worst decisions of his life. In just this chapter, you're there, 2 Samuel chapter 11. I want you to notice in just one chapter, all the losses that David took. That day, he lost the trust of his soldiers. Who would fight for that king when you found out what he had done to one of the other soldiers, Uriah? Who would fight for that man? He lost their trust. That day, he lost his testimony. Everyone who knew King David, everyone who knew what happened, thought of him a little differently after that day. No doubt Prophet Nathan thought differently of him. That day, he lost his peace of mind because he felt guilty. He tried to cover it up. He's hoping that no one will find out. He was thinking, does anyone know? Will anyone know? How do I cover? He lost that day his peace of mind. Uriah lost his life. Look at chapter 11, verse 27, if you're with me this morning. The Bible says that when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. Of course, Uriah is dead now. Now he can marry Bathsheba. No problem. No one knows. Nobody found out. But the thing that David had done, 
displeased the Lord. That day he lost the pleasure and the blessings of his God. Look at chapter 12, verse 10. The Bible says, now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house. God gives the punishments to David. He says, I know what you did. And he says, the sword shall never depart from your house. That day he lost the chance for future peace in his kingdom. Look at verse number 11. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. That day he lost the opportunity for a peaceful home. All uh, three of his sons we know were killed violently. One of his sons, Absalom, tries to take the throne, tries to kill his own dad, David, before Absalom is eventually killed himself. David that day lost a peaceful home. Verse 14. Howbeit, because this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. That day he lost the child that he had conceived. Verse 16. When David finds out that God's going to take the child, you know what he does, right? He prays and fasts. Verse 16. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. But God took the child anyway, because David that day lost the ear of his God. Are you getting the picture today? Here's a man who was winning in life, winning in life, winning in life. But when it came to the most important, possibly the most important chapter, the most important time, the most important moment of his life, he took a loss. He took a loss. This morning, can I tell you, your job can be going well. Kids can be doing fine. Marriage can be happy. Bills can be paid. Blessings can be flowing. Business can be booming. Money can be coming in. Good things can be happening at work. Relationships can be doing great. You can be winning in life. But if you're not careful, just as King David experienced, all of a sudden, you can take a loss. You can take a loss. I want you to notice three thoughts about this loss. Number one, David was winning physical battles. But he lost the spiritual one. He was winning physical battles, but he lost the physical one. Galatians 5.16 reminds us of this. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Question this morning, church. Was David on that day walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh? See, that day he lost a spiritual battle. Verse 17, for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other <clears throat> so that you cannot do the things that you would. Can, could anybody stop David? So far, a giant couldn't stop him. A lion couldn't stop him. A bear couldn't stop him. An army can't stop him. Nobody seems to stop David, but can anybody stop him? The answer is yes. David could stop himself when he loses his spiritual battle. Did you know the quickest way to stop a locomotive train? It's get it off the tracks. I don't know about you, I like rugby. Anybody like rugby? Now, I might be the only person on planet Earth right now, did you know the Rugby World Cup is going on? How many knew that? Raise your hand. Four and a half people. Okay? I like the Rugby World Cup. It's intense. And yesterday I was watching a game, South Africa versus Ireland, World Cup. Okay, South Africa is the defending champions. How many knew that? Zero people, okay. 
And man, in the game, one of these South African players, he's like a legend. I don't know his name because, once again, I know it, but I don't know it well enough to know his name. But he's a giant. Now, he's not fast. Actually, he's kind of slow. But I'm telling you, this guy, when he stands next to other big rugby players, like you're like, dude, that guy's really big. Okay, he's like a modern-day giant, and in the game, he's got the ball. And, of course, he's not fast, but he just tries to run you over. That's what he does. Yeah, come, who wants to hit me? Well, in the game, he goes at a guy who's half his size. Half his size. And that guy just, I mean, it's the perfect tackle, and he picks him up off the ground. I mean, this guy is giant. And his teammates see him picking this guy up, and so it's like, help him out! You know, and all of his teammates come running. And next thing you know, this giant guy, one of the best most physical players on the South African team is literally in the air holding the ball and you can see his little feet kick. Well, not little feet, big feet, you know. They're kicking, trying to get traction. Can't get anywhere. By the way, that's a penalty if I understand rugby right, okay? They held him up long enough, you can't do anything and Ireland's like, yeah! You know, all the fans, you know, it's just a great moment. Nothing could stop David except for a spiritual loss. Here he is derailing his life. David was winning physical battles but lost the spiritual one. Number two, David was winning important battles but lost the most important one. If you were to ask David, how many of these other wins would he have said, you know what, to take out 2 Samuel chapter 11 out of my life, to take that out of my life, I would have given up that. I would have taken an L over here if it meant not messing this situation up. If I could go back and do it over, what would he have given up for it? Would he have given up two Super Bowl rings? Maybe he'd given up ten, right? Would he have given up the bear skin? Would he have given up the lion skin? Would he have given up the sling? Would he have, would he have given up Goliath's sword? Would he have taken the very crown off his head to win this spiritual battle in chapter 11? Are you getting the picture this morning? He won a lot of battles, but he lost the most important one. Losing a spiritual battle like this will hurt for a lifetime. I noticed this. David lost, and he could never reverse it. Couldn't go back. There's no redos in life. We know life doesn't work like that. Can't pull out a controller and hit rewind, okay? Oop, got to go do that over. You can't do that. David couldn't either because there's no do-overs in Life. By the way, you might be here this morning, and, and I do want to, this is not the sermon, but I, I do got to tell you this. You might be here this morning, and you've experienced some losses in your life. There's some times in your life you look back to, and if you could today, you would rewind time. You would go back there, and you would do some things over. I'm here to tell you, you cannot go back, but David has some help for you. Psalm 51. David himself wrote this. Watch this passage. There it is. Okay, thank you, Colby. Don't lose now. Come on, stay awake up there. Okay. Bible says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is David. This is King David writing. Verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4, against thee the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear When thou judgest, I'm going to stop right there. I could keep going. The passage is all about that. This morning, if you've experienced some things in life that you wish you could go back and change, I'm here to tell you, you can't, but you can move past them because you have a loving God, a gracious God, a forgiving God who's always there for you and knows what you did in the past, 
but still loved you enough to die on a cross to save you from your sins. Amen. You can still move past those things. But here we are. And I hope this is where you're at this morning. I hope I'm looking at a room of people who are winning. Things are going well. I hope this morning I'm looking at people who God's blessing your family. God's blessing your home. God's blessing your business. God's blessing your work. God's blessing you relationally. God's blessing you positionally. And and you're winning in life. And if that is you this morning, I want us all to notice for the next about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. What did David do or what could he have done? What could he have done to avoid it? This chapter in his life, this loss in his life, number one this morning. If you want to avoid a spiritual loss, you have to aim to please God. Aim to please God. Verse 27, we read it earlier. The thing that David had done displeased the Lord. In this chapter, who is David trying to please? His God or himself? His God or himself? And in this story, he was not even thinking about God. His thoughts weren't even on God. He was not trying to please God. Instead, he was trying to please himself. And in doing so, he makes a terrible decision. Terrible decision. Anybody grow up with a BB gun? Now, how many of you had one of them Red Riders? Them Red Riders? Those are terrible. Okay, now I know they're legendary, but you shoot it's like, pew. Okay, you can literally shoot people with that, and it's like, that did, I didn't even feel that, okay? I got a BB gun, I think I was eight, and I told my dad, Dad, I really want a BB gun, I think it was my birthday, and, and I said, don't get me a Red Rider, okay? I want one that, you know, it's got a little more pop, you know? I know, okay, I know. I grew up on a farm, guys, we killed stuff, okay? It just happens, okay? And so, man, I, I remember getting that BB gun, and of course, my dad teaching me to shoot um, that BB gun, and of course, you have the target, right? And my dad always taught me, as most of you would understand this, when you're aiming at the target, you don't just aim at the target. You aim for a specific spot of the target. Usually the bullseye, right? You don't just try to hit the paper. You're trying to hit right in the middle. Can I tell you this morning in your life, if you don't want to take a loss like David, you've got to aim for something. And what better to aim for than to please your heavenly Father above? This morning, don't worry about pleasing yourself. Don't worry even about pleasing others. Worry about pleasing God. By the way, I've just found in in, in my personal life and watching other Christians, Christians who aim to please God, their families sure seem to be happier. The marriages seem to be better. Business might not be booming, but it's not doing bad doing pretty good. Why? Because they're trying to please God. David forgot his life was about pleasing God. Number two, if you don't want to have a spiritual loss, focus on the future, not the present. Focus on the future, not the present. David was focused on the that day. Right now. Here's how I feel. Here's what I want to do. Here's what's going on. He was focused right there on the then. He never thought down the road. He never thought about the consequences. He never thought about the repercussions. He never thought what would come 10 days later, a month later, a year later. He never even thought. He was, he was living in the then instead of focusing 
on the future. Uh, how many got your driver's license out there this morning? Raise your hand. Okay, poke a person around you if they need theirs taken away. Okay, I see some, it was ladies, by the way, ladies, man. Them lady drivers, amen. Okay, ladies, don't get mad at me. Okay, some of y'all, that's it, I'm done listening to Brother T.J. When I learned how to drive, maybe, maybe you were similar. When I learned how to drive, you were taught something. When you're driving down the road, you don't look right in front of the car. Because when you're a new driver, if you're focused right in front, in front of the car, it's like you're at a bowling alley with the bumpers. You're doing this in the lines. You ever seen someone does that? Why is it? Because they're looking right here. Instead, you're taught, look down the road a little further. Because if you look down the road a little further, it's going to keep you going straight. It's going to keep you a bit between the lines. It's going to keep you on the right path. And by the way, it's not a, you know, I, I look down there, but there's a pedestrian right here, so I don't see them and run them. No, you're still aware. You're still aware of what's going on right here in front of you, but you're always looking further down the road. And can I tell you, that is what God wants every Christian to do. We live for eternity. We live for the future. Sure, I live right here today, and I'm living in the now. I'm not ignorant of it today, but I'm also living with an eternal purpose, an eternal direction, and an eternal drive. This morning, we live now for our Savior we're going to meet someday. We live now for our family and those that will come after us. We live now to make an impact on our society and our country for tomorrow. We live now to make a difference on eternity. And so David was so focused on the now that he forgot to think about the future. This morning, if you don't want to take a loss, you've got to aim to please God. You've got to focus on the future, not just the present. And number three, and I'm done. i got three minutes. Everybody's still alive. Three minutes. Okay, I'm breathing heavy. Don't worry, i got to run around after this in football. Look at verse 27. Last verse. We've read it a couple times. This Verse 27. And when the morning was passed, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the, what's the very last word there? Lord. You say, what's so interesting about that? If you read chapter 11, that is the first time you see the word God or Lord. The last word of the last verse of the chapter. When you think of David, don't you think of a guy who walked with God? When you think of David, don't you think of a man who had a close relationship with God? You think about different battles where David said, God, should I go fight? Right? You think of all these, you think of a guy who literally wrote songs about God, didn't he? He wrote psalms about God. And yet what you find is in this chapter of his life, it's almost like he forgot him. He forgot him. Where is God in this chapter? He's been in every other chapter of David's life. He's been with him when he's running from Saul. He's been with him when he was in the pasture as a boy. He was with him on the battlefield with Goliath. He's always been there, but here it's like he forgot the God that he fell in love with. And this morning, can I tell you, Christians take big losses in their life when you forget God. When you forget the God that you fell in love with. 
The God who one day you realized you were a sinner in need of a Savior. And that day you trusted in God, you realized He loved you, and so you decided, you know what, I'm just going to love Him back, and I'm going to accept Him as my Savior. And that day you were saved, and you fell in love with God. But ten years go by. Fifteen years go by. Twenty years go by. Have you forgotten Him? David, of anyone... He wouldn't forget him, would he? But yet in this chapter, this loss, he forgot God. He forgot God. This morning, I don't know about you, church family. I don't know about you. I believe in my life, I'm doing a lot of great things. God's using me. God's blessing me. I want that. I pray for that. I know you do too. I know you pray for that in your family, in your job, in your business. You want to win in life. You want to be successful. You want to glorify God. But can I tell you this this morning? David took a lot of wins, but he takes a huge loss, huge loss. And if you could ask him, if you were to go back and take a chapter out of your life, he'd say 2 Samuel chapter 11. I'd do it all over again. This morning, you've got to aim to please God. He, it has to be at the forefront of your mind. This morning, you, you can't forget him. You can't forget God in your life. You can't forget him today. You can't forget him tomorrow. You can't forget him this week, next month. He's got to be the forefront of your mind. And can I tell you this morning, you have to focus not just on the now, but you have to look down the road. You have to look past today. Think about tomorrow. Think about next week and next month. This morning, I don't know about you, Christian. I don't want to take losses like David took in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Here's how to avoid it. Let's have a quick word of prayer. And then we're going to get rolling here at the end of our service. Heads bowed, eyes closed. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I know we have a lot of guests this morning. And guests, if you hear nothing else, hear this this morning. If you're here this morning, there's a God in heaven who loves you. He loved you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross. Why would he send his son to save you? To pay for your sins and mine. This morning, if you're here, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... Can I, can I plead with you? Can I ask you? Would today be the moment that you personally pray, personally accept Jesus as your Savior? Can I tell you it'll be the greatest decision in your life? It'll change you. If I could have every other person around you stand up and testify what Jesus has done in their lives, it'd be amazing service. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, would this be the moment? Would this be the morning? And here's what I'm going to do with heads but eyes closed. No one look around, please. I'm going to lead in a prayer. It's not magic. It's no hocus pocus, no magic lingo. But I'm going to lead in a simple prayer. And if you're here this morning and you need to be saved and you want Jesus to be your Savior, would you word a prayer similar to this? As I prayed out loud, would you pray it in your heart and accept him as your Savior? Pray something like this, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And dear Jesus, I know I can't save myself. But Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus, would you take me to heaven someday? With heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. But if you're here this morning and you prayed that prayer, would you testify to me and to the Lord and say, I just prayed that with you, Brother TJ? Is there anyone in this, here this morning say, Brother T.D., for the first time in my life, I prayed and accepted Jesus as my Savior. Would you slip your hand up? I promise I won't call on you. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? I'm scanning the room. 
I don't think I see anyone. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I see that hand. Thank you so much. God bless you. Most amazing decision you'll ever make. Most amazing decision, I promise you. With heads bowed, eyes closed. The rest of you, I hope you're saved. Could I ask you this morning, are you aiming to please God? Are you aiming to please God? This morning, are you thinking about the future? Are you thinking about a week from now? A month from now? Are you thinking about eternal things? This morning, can I ask you, Christian, maybe you've forgotten God. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in church. Maybe it's been a while since you read your Bible. Maybe it's been a while since you personally connected in prayer with God. Can I ask you, Christian, have you forgotten him? This morning, I don't know about you, I don't want to take a loss. How many this morning would say, Brother TJ, God's speaking in my heart about something. Would you pray for me this morning? Would you raise your hand? Say, Brother TJ, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I see hands all over the room. Is there anyone else? Brother TJ, pray for me this morning. With heads bowed, eyes closed, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand to our feet. So if you would, stand to your feet. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Piano's going to play this morning. We're going to have what's called an invitation if you're here this morning. If you need to do business with God, we have these steps up here. Step on out of the aisle. Come forward. Kneel. Find a spot. Talk with God. If you're at your seat, would you just take a minute with heads bowed, eyes closed, and would you connect with God at your seat? Hey, he's here this morning. He wants to meet with you. He wants to talk with you. Would you talk with him this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be baptized. We can help you with that today. We have some men at the front. They'd love to talk with you. Maybe you're here this morning with heads bowed, eyes closed, and you would like to join Grandview Baptist Church. We're not a perfect church, but we'd love to have you be a part. If you come forward, we have some men here at the front who'd love to talk with you about that. If you need someone to pray with you, we have some men at the front who are ready to pray. You're at your seat. Decisions are being made. People are being dealt with. Just be patient. Pray for those that come if you would. piano continues to play may i encourage you to just spend some time in prayer decisions are being made um people are getting along with god and god's working let's continue to pray in our seats there or just patiently wait as people respond to the message respond to god working in their heart you may be seated this morning and uh, I know it sounds like several people raise their hand for salvation praise the Lord what a wonderful decision uh, salvation is a miracle of a moment and you don't always know 
the decision you're making. But as you grow in the Lord, you're going to appreciate it more and more. Knowing for sure you're going to heaven. Let's see here. We have Sophia Calderon has come forward to get baptized. So she's getting ready at this time. Uh, we got a few things we got to do during this time as well. So also Tyler Olson. Tyler, where are you at? There has been saved and baptized and he wants to join the church. And so all in favor say aye. Aye, it carries. Welcome to the family, Tyler. We're looking forward to serving the Lord together in the future. And we thank God for that. Oh, what a blessing. Well, it's a special day. We want to go ahead and um, show the next video. And then we're going to have the ticket giveaway in just a second. And then the baptism. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Join us tonight at 5 for our Level Up teaching and training modules. Come and choose two of the modules on various topics from the lineup. Don't miss the special time of training with something for every Christian. Plan to join us for Pumpkin Sunday on October 1st at 10 a.m. Come for professional family photos, a petting zoo, inflatables, and an apple slingshot. Also, you'll be able to pick your own pumpkin from the Grandview Pumpkin Patch. We're excited about the Timberline Baptist Church Teen Rally coming up Thursday and Friday, September 28th and 29th. On Thursday, students will be allowed to stay after school. From 3.30 to 4.15, we will be feeding them pizza. At 4.15, we'll head over to the Teen Rally. We're also going to try to do a Dutch Brothers stop, so if you want to give your kids some money for that, that would be wonderful. Uh, then, on Friday, the bus will leave at 5.15. Both nights, our goals is to be back here to the church property at 9 o'clock. There is no cost for this teen activity, and we hope that your young people will bring their Bible, bring a good spirit, and we pray that God will speak to their hearts. The international program at GVCA has the opportunity to host more international students for three days. The dates will be September 29th through October 2nd. We are looking for families that would be willing to host these students for those three days. If you would like to volunteer, please see Nicole Berkland. The Best Years Club is going on the Mount Hood Railway October 12th. The cost is $50 and lunch is provided. Sign up for this and all other Best Years Club announcements on the welcome desk. If you are one of the fellows who signed up to play in the football game, or even if you did not, we're asking that you go very quickly down to the field and get ready to play. The game will start in about 15 minutes. For the rest of you, feel free to get food. Make sure you don't forget to pick up your children and then enjoy the fellowship and the football game. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we'll see you tonight at 5. Sophia, Sophia, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Yes. Wonderful. You can go ahead and plug your nose. Sophia, in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, and upon a public profession of your faith in Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of His death, raised in the likeness of His resurrection.
All right. Well, we're going to give these tickets away. And so uh, I know we have a lot of visitors. I want to do this very quick. Is there anyone that you, you didn't have time during greeting time to turn that in? I don't want to miss anyone. Okay, I'm looking around. Pastor Justin, you want to spin these real quick? We'll let Pastor Justin spin them. I'll draw them. I'll be the bad guy, okay? I'm already, I'm already on the bad team, I guess, today for football. So, you know. Um, this morning, we do have, I have one set of Ducks tickets, one set of Beavers tickets. If you win those, I'm going to have Pastor Justin run a little card to you. They're mobile tickets. So I need your email address so that I can uh, email you. That makes sense. Email you the tickets so that you have those, okay? The other tickets, I have two sets of uh, Winterhawks tickets and two sets of Portland Blazers suite tickets. Uh, they have a, basically a voucher. You're able to call them, and there's multiple games you'll be able to pick from, and you can pick what game uh, they have available and that you're available to go to, okay? And so here we go. Uh, we'll just start with the first one, and I'll let you pick. Whoa. I wasn't ready for that. Okay. And I know a lot of people brought visitors, so it could be a visitor or someone who brought. And they, Some people brought multiple. Here we go. Uh, the first one, I hope I'm saying this right, is it uh, Min? Min Kyung? Is that right? Min? Over here? Okay. Uh, why don't you run that over there and ask them what they want? And then yell it at me. Okay. Pastor Justin's bringing something. You can pick what you want. How many? We need to wait to see that, though, right? Okay. Oh, here we go. Decisions. Some of you are like praying, don't pick the Ducks tickets. Don't you dare pick those Beavers tickets. Here we go. Pastor Justin, which one is that? Blazers. One set of Blazers tickets, okay? Nope, just one. Just one. There we go. Okay. And that's a pair. It's actually two, but it's one voucher. Okay, there we go. Next one. Where is Shelly Johnson? Shelly Johnson, where are you at this morning? In the back. Shelly, we're glad you're here this morning. Okay. Uh-oh. Everything's still available. Don't get too nervous yet, guys. Okay. Blazers are gone. I don't blame. If I was first winner, I'm taking them sweet tickets. Don't cry, guys. Here we go. Next winner. Uh, I'll let Pastor Justin read that one. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, I brought a whole family with them today. We're glad they're here. So glad that you're here. Okay, keep going. Here we go. Uh, is, it Kay- is it Kaylee or Callie Clark? Kaylee. Yes, Kaylee. Okay, decisions, decisions. Decisions. I don't have them. I know them. I just don't know them. They're later. They're, I don't know. They didn't happen last week, I'll tell you that. Which one is it? Beaver's tickets. Nobody's clapping for you right now, just so you know. They're, they're hurt that the beavers are out. Here we go. Next one. Uh, is it Weston or Westine Mar- Martin? Weston? Up in... Oh, I don't see where, where we at. Where we at? Where we at? Right there. He just... 
He was walking back in with his kid. There it is. Perfect timing. Oh, my. Okay. What's left? I'm losing track. No blazers. No beavers. What do you got? What? Winterhawks? Ducks and Winterhawks. You Ducks fans. Fingers crossed. Pastor Justin? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, and then, because there was multiple adults, race. Is it race, Clark? Race? Okay, can't do both. So they're going to let... Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Brother Jeremy's like, mm, I should win something for that. Oh! We're going to have a fight out back after Ducks fans versus Oregon State fans. In fact, that's going to be the new football game. It's not going to be a game. It's going to be a fist fight. Uh, is it Liana Lowe's? Liana, Liana, right there in the back. Thank you for being here this morning. Now the question is, Oregon or Winterhawks? Ducks tickets. Oh, no one clapped again. What do we got? Two Winterhawks left? Both sets. Here we go. I'm just... One set left. That's a card. Ouchie. Is it Ralph? Ralph Lowe's? Ralph Lowe's, where are you at? Also back here. Multiple visitors. All right, well, here we go. Just so you know, a little instruction before we dismiss. As I said, don't forget to pick up your kids, okay? We're going to head down. If you want food, it's there. It's going to be down by the field. Uh, you're going to see a lot of tables set up, a lot of food. There's multiple different things to pick from. Um, and the game is going to start in 15 minutes. The game will probably last, hopefully, no longer than... It won't last an hour, okay? We're not going to make it an hour. Uh, 45 minutes to an hour-ish if you want to watch. If you don't, we're so glad you're here this morning. Let's have a quick word of prayer, and we'll head out. Pastor Justin, anything else before we pray? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for church. Thank you for the people that are here. Please protect the men. Uh, bless the food. And we ask that you just be with us the rest of the day. In your precious name, Jesus, we love you and ask these things. Amen. Amen.